and this is Cassie. And we are The, the Thrifty, Thrifty Couple. From thethriftycouple.com. And we are the authors of the new book, The 2% Rule to Get Debt Free Fast, and the accompanying workbook that goes along with it. Yes, and you can find The 2% Rule to Get Debt Free Fast wherever books are sold, including Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And you can find the accompanying workbook on Amazon.com as well as directly on our website at thethriftycouple.com. That's right. So this is exciting. This is episode 003. 003. <laughs> I know. But that's a funny way. This yeah. is our third episode. It is. And uh, it's really a second part to what we were just talking about last week. Yes. Yes. So you might hear a little shiver in uh, our voices, especially Alex's voice, right? So we, we're our little recording studios in our unfinished basement here in our house. <laughs> You're going to share it all, huh? I am. It's all going to be am. laid bare. And it's it's cold down here. It's really cold. And we have like a space heater, but we're worried about plugging in the space heater with all this equipment and just like making the whole thing explode. Blowing a circuit. <laughs> Blowing a circuit. In the and middle so, of the podcast. So we're wearing sweaters and we're trying to stay warm. We're getting ready to have our first snowfall. I mean, the weather just turned like that. And so we're in the basement freezing. But on top of it, uh, Alex here had surgery just a few days ago. So he's down here freezing in his sweater with an ice pack. Just to make the, you know, just to make the sting a little bit more. As you like to say, it's an old, old man's man surgery. surgery. Yeah. Thank you very yeah. much. So. <laughs> yes. I guess we better tell what it is because they're going to be like, what on earth? You know, when you leave it to the imagination. It's, it was a hernia yes. fix, right? Okay. A, her a hernia fix. So, yeah. anyway. So, I, I like to tease him, you know, that abdominal hernia, you know, getting too old. And he says he can't lift anything anymore, right? Well, that's nice. <laughs> the next four weeks are going to be so wonderful. Oh, yeah. I can't help with that. I can't. I can't, we're recording this with Christmas time coming up. I can't lift all the Christmas decorations up the stairs. Good thing we have teenagers and a tough boy. Maybe <laughs> so. I timed the surgery right. What do you guys think? I know, think? right? You know, the timing was at the end of the year, realizing that we had, um, we all, we do this at the end of the year, having extra in our HSA. Mm -hmm. And so waiting until, cause it wasn't an emergency. And our deductibles and so, covered. And our and deductibles covered. So trying to plan those medical expenses at the right time. So that's really what the right time was. So I'll give you that excuse because it was for financial reasons that we waited until this okay, time. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take that as my <laughs> primary excuse and not because of Christmas decorations. That's okay. right. That's right. So. Okay, well, this is part two of what we were just looking at last week. Um, we were discussing the top reasons why people get into debt. Yeah, and how many top reasons did we have? We had 33? 33 reasons. 33 top reasons. So it's not an exhaustive list, but we collected these reasons from our readers, pulling our readers and, you know, from the comments that we received, from the polls we did on our site, on Facebook, on uh, all our social media, people that we talked to personally. These are the reasons why people were getting into debt, including now, a few of our own. Now, to be honest, I mean, we're talking about these from a couple of different aspects. One, to be able to help us to have that, you know, to resonate Here's the reasons why we got into debt in the first place. Yeah. But to really understand that why, so we can understand one, here's the mindset that we need to fix. Here is some of the actions we need to take now as we're paying off our debt yeah. to make sure that we don't get back into debt because of it. And then three, once you have that debt paid off, you don't want to go back into that debt. Right. We, we talk about a sustainable lifestyle. And we talk about trying to stay out of debt. And so we don't want to go back to those old temptations those old habits and and go back to those old ways and the reasons reasons why you got into debt in the first place and go back into debt a second or a third time. Yes. So I know we can't cover everything here. No, we can't. Uh, we, we just said we were just going to 
take some of the top reasons and yes. try to talk through them some and talk about actionable steps we can do, you know, mindsets we can change, things we have to be aware of as we move forward. Right. Uh, so we don't go back into that debt or so it can, will help us to be able to pay off the debt that we have, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. And so I know we're going to be having, we're going to be covering these really over the lifetime of this podcast. Right. We're, we're probably going to be addressing all of these at one point, but we wanted to specifically provide this list so that you can maybe figure out what it is that you could relate to as to reasons why maybe you and you and your family have gotten into consumer debt or student loan debt or whatever kind of debt it is um, so that, that you can learn the things you need to do to stay out of it. And to also, these other reasons, whether they're your reasons or not, are also reasons to be aware of because they might pop up in your future. Um, and so a lot of these things, I mean, nobody ever, I've never talked to anybody, including ourselves, who had the intention of getting into debt. <laughs> you know, we always, you always start off there. That's just kind of an assumption, but yeah. I guess you have to state it. Yeah. No one just says, I want to get into as much debt as possible. Right. It just happens. And so these are the reasons why they happen. Should we give the reasons again real quick? Do you think that would be helpful for everybody listening to this episode? I think it would be. We okay. can just do a very quick overview. I was odd last time. So maybe I'll so you be, get to be odd, odd this time. Yeah, yeah. So you get okay. to start. <laughs> for, so before we do that, I just want to encourage you. Um, we're going to go through the top list here, and then we're going to go through and just continue on where we were at before. Yes. But we encourage you go, to go back to episode two and to listen to the reasons we've already covered. So, yes, yes. But let's go ahead and... And I'll start off with the odd reasons. Number one, <laughs> these aren't in any particular order. Right. It all started off with the American dream. Ah, and we addressed that in the last podcast. We did. Number two, medical debt. That's a big one. Yes. Number three, uh, I fell victim to the credit card marketing. We covered that last time as well. Yes. Number four, not paying attention to what I was doing. Number five, a lot of high cost bills happened all at once. I, pan oh, I panicked. Yeah, so I panicked, yes. <laughs> number six, emergencies, which is different than what he just said. We'll talk about that later. Right, number seven, student loans. I think that's a big Another one. Another big one, mm -hmm. yes. Number eight, car loans. Number nine, taxes. Ten. Um, it's a, It deals with a more subjective topic of emotionally trying to fill a void. And so we want to talk about this on this one because that was one of our reasons. Number 11, and I think this is going to be a good one to address on this episode as well. Okay. Uh, making an excuse. Oh, I'm sorry. Making the excuse to experience life before, before children. Before children. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. 12, if the creditors approved us, then there shouldn't be a reason why we couldn't handle the debt. That's right. Number 13, keeping up appearance of two college graduate professionals. Number 14, thinking it was owed to us because we had gone to school, have full-time professional jobs, and we work hard. We deserve it. Number 15, not wanting to tell each other no. No, yes. 16, sheer lack of communication in general. That's a big one. That's right. Number 17 is another big one. It just happened. It just happened. Thinking yeah. we could pay the bills, but it didn't occur to us that we could be, it could be very difficult to pay those bills as they continue to grow. Especially when you max them out, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. 18. Um, the problem with having multiple credit cards, one that we found, is that when you are a good uh, customer and you pay them on time, they will raise your limit eventually. So if you have a half dozen credit cards, even two, and both of them get raised by a few thousand dollars, then all of a sudden you maximize them and you're in trouble. That's right. Number 19, not understanding how interest works. I think that will be a good one to cover today too. Okay, yes. And number 20, you keep spending as long as the credit card goes through. Number 21, 
not continuously checking your balance on your checkbook or monitoring your spending. Yep. 22. And never checking the credit card statements. Mm -hmm. Just paying the bill, not checking it, and seeing where you're at. All right. Number 23, a temporary loss of one income long enough to get behind just a little bit. Yes. 24, the loss of a job. Number 25, uh, someone mentioned in one of our groups, divorce. Divorce. Yes. 26, poor money management. Number 27, gambling. Mm. 28, a lack of savings. Number 29, reduced income, either in your current employment or going from two down to one, two incomes down to one. Yes. Number 30, those big home improvement projects, even a bunch of little home improvement projects. Number 31, I think we know about this a little bit ourselves. We do. Travel. Travel. Number 32, Christmas. And number 33, your businesses. Yes, your businesses, whether it's those, you know, uh, work at home type of things or whatever it is, those businesses can drain you if you're not careful. No. So those are the 33 reasons you might be able to relate to one, two, three, four, you know, a whole handful of them. You know, most people we found, it's not just one reason. There's multiple right. reasons why they've gotten into debt. And so, yeah, so we let's talk about some today. So which ones you, do you think we should discuss today? You know, I think we had looked at it, and I think you may have checked off a couple of them. Um, you know, I think not understanding how interest works. Yeah, that's a really big one. Um, just not taking the time to understand exactly how much that credit card is going to cost you or how much that loan is going to cost you. I mean, very often you look and you say, you know, here's a $1,000 that we, quote unquote, need, you know, to go on that trip or to buy that furniture, to buy that clothing or whatever. Um, and you think, wow, only it's only going to cost me $15 a month. You know, and that it seems it seems way too easy and way too simple, but we actually address this in detail in our book, and that is just how much is that debt costing you? Not realizing that that thousand dollars and that fifteen dollar payment that you're going to be making, what the consequences of that are ultimately. And we even talk about in our book how, you know, a thousand dollar loan, if you pay the minimum balance, it's going to take you six years. And in that amount of time, you know, you can rack up easily 150 or more in interest. And I mean, if I think about losing $150 over a thousand dollar loan, and that just, that's heart wrenching. You know, what's really crazy. And that's just a thousand dollars. I know, right? <laughs> oh, what's really crazy. When I think about, think back on what we were paying in interest per month Yeah. when we had over $108,000 of consumer debt. We were paying over $1,200 per month in just interest. Yeah. I mean, that is a little bit more than the average um, mortgage payment that people are making right now. And so just Just think, an interest. It wasn't doing anything for us. Just think, if we had that and if we were making double house payments back then, where yes. would we be? I, I mean, know. Seriously. If we could have applied that to a house payment. Exactly. And so I don't think on this tip, because we're trying to cover and go into, look each, you know, into some of these different reasons here. But I think I would, you know, just say, you know, take a look at the book. And we talk about unsecured debt. We talk about secure debt. Yeah. We talk about everything from the cost of a mortgage, the cost of your car loans. We talk about the cost of those credit cards. Those payday loans, which is terrifying how much those cost you. <laughs> no, it's only recently when, I guess our book came out on October 24th, that we really started to mention um, the payday loans. In fact, you, if if you saw the, the image that we have for our podcast, you know, Cassie and I are standing in front of a building. We're pointing at the name of our podcast. Yes. Um, but 
that's not the whole story about that picture. No, that picture was taken in our hometown um, in Idaho. And we had gone back for our family reunion and we were going into the grocery store. And next to the grocery store was the payday loan place that we had used many years before. Many and years. That we had gotten stuck in that payday loan cycle. So we decided to take a funny picture in front of it and go, what? <laughs> or whatever. You'll have to look at the, the thumbnail of our podcast. But we covered up the... The logo. The logo of the payday loan place with our podcast because we thought it was a funny picture anyway. But we took that picture because it's it was a part of our lives that that was emotionally so terrifying for us. And in fact, whenever we visit a business that has a payday loan next to it, we park as far away from the payday loan place as we can. Right. Because we don't want to have any association with it at all. <laughs> but then we took a picture in front of it. <laughs> so when you look at that, I mean, I think that really has a double a double meaning for us because yeah. not only that was one of the places we started because that's one of the reasons or one of the reasons why we built up so much debt Yes. And going back to this reason, not understanding what that does. Yeah. And, and if I had really, I mean, I, I kind of had an idea of how much a home ends up costing you. And it's really shocking when you look at the numbers and after 30 years of paying that, you know, the amount that you're actually paying for your home, it's really unbelievable in some sense. But I never had looked at it in, in some sense in a small scale, which was even more terrifying of a number. Um, and so I think I would hope that if, if people understood how much that debt is costing them ultimately and how interest works, that they would take a second thought before obtaining it. Right. Yeah. Well, I want to get on to another point here. Okay. And, uh, you know, just looking at, you know, a very emotional topic. Mm. And I want to go to our number 10 that we have on our list. Okay. Emotional, emotionally trying to fill a void. Yeah. Um, and what, we dealt with this personally. And so I think that this is a really good thing to do. Um, we often try to, well, you, you know how you often hear people trying to kill their pain by spending money. Mm. You know, people kill their pain by eating or people kill their pain in so many different ways. One of those ways is spending. And there could be a number of reasons why you spend money to kill emotional pain. You know, whether it's being depressed or having gone through a broken relationship or, you know, so many things can cause an emotional crisis in your life. And so many people turn to spending money to right. numb that pain. And that was one of the things or for us. Or spending money you don't have then Spending money well, you right? don't have to numb that pain, for sure. And, and it's a very difficult thing to overcome and trying to find other ways to deal with that pain. And for us, you know, we had a goal from the very beginning that we wanted to be parents. And we wanted to raise a family, a big family. We really had a desire to have um, a number of kids and to have that big, bustling, full home. And I wanted to be that stay-at-home mom. And um, so we were dealing with infertility. And we dealt with infertility. It was really for, tough. It was. It was really tough. We, we dealt with infertility for four and a half years. And so we ended up you know, buying stuff to fill our lives buying experiences, trips, and vacations to um, avoid the fact that we seemingly could not have children. And um, the fact, and, the, and it was painful. It was difficult. And we didn't want to talk about it. And so we just, we turned to, to stuff. We also turned to pets. Mm -hmm. We had we two did. cats, two dogs. We kept adding to our pet family. <laughs> we had a cockatiel. We had a, a parakeet, parakeet. And we had 
soon 20 plus finches. Yeah, we bought two little, <laughs> two cute little finches. And uh, they told us that we had to buy a nest because that's how finches live. Well, because the, it makes them happy. Makes them happy. Well, that's happy right. meant that we had 20 finches. <laughs> um, but seriously, though, the, the dogs and cats especially, you know, they kind of, they, they, we were trying to fill our lives with stuff. So it was pets and it was trips and it was stuff. Um, trying to numb that pain of not being able to have children. You know, there is a happy ending to that along with paying off 108K of consumer debt. Um, God blessed us with six children <laughs> after all that. Well, not so only it's that, really amazing. We, we, we mentioned in our book where we started off with our finding our why yeah. was on that Mother's Day. Yes. In which we found out that we were expecting our first child. Yes, yes. That was the, what finally woke us up. It was like, wow, we are going to be parents now. After four and a half years of trying, we're finally going to be parents. And we don't know what happened because we were trying to get medical intervention, all kinds of things before that. But after that point, then five other children <laughs> appeared and run right after the other. So <laughs> well, a second, 11 months later. So um, yes. it was a very, it was, a, yeah, no. Yeah. And we ended up having six kids in what, 11 years. Six kids in 11 years. But I think that's a really important thing, though, is to realize, you know, you know, if there's that emotional void yes. that a family is trying to, to, to trying to fill, right. is trying to identify that. Yeah. Uh, are we trying to cover our pain? Are we trying to numb our pain for something? Is there something going on in our lives that we are trying to fill with stuff and take that pain away? So, and, and just with that, too, since we now have six kids and we're a family of eight, we actually live on much less as a family of eight than we did as just the two of us. Yeah. And so. And, and you know, this is where I think that the subject of money is a very intimate subject. It is. It is. It's one that, you know, we don't talk about. Mm -mm. In fact, we, our family, many people that knew us had no idea no. how much debt we were in. They didn't know that we were going to the payday loan center no, every didn't. two weeks, trying to extend it out in that part of that cycle. Mm hmm and because on on the surface we didn't have that uh you know we didn't we didn't wear that on our on our sleeves no it was this part of, it was a hidden aspect of who we, we were we didn't even carry the pain of infertility no i mean we we the face the face that we maintained with our friends and family was we're doing fine emotionally we're doing fine financially you know we don't life is dandy and great you know we we didn't address any of those things with anybody so this is where it, it can become difficult because yeah. you need to be able to go to your spouse, mm -hmm. you need to be able to go to your family, you know, and be able to have these discussions that are, that can be difficult at first. Yeah. But something we found though, is once you start having these discussions, once you start opening up and being able to discuss this with one another, it gets easier to, to address it, it the it second does. time it does. and the third time. Yeah. And I think that's actually a really good point. Starting to have the conversation somewhere not thinking that you have to dive into the the depths of it immediately, right. but by opening that communication up safely between the two of you um, and then extending to your kids and to the rest of your family and friends, opening up that subject safely for sure. So, okay. Okay, so that was a little bit more of a, you know, you know, well, it's that a was very a big emotional. one for us. It is. I mean, sure. the emotional aspect of it was a big one. So, yeah, I mean, we gave a little bit more time to it, but it's just because we can relate to it so personally. So, I really think this kind of leads into another reason that we talked about as well. Okay. And something that we really want to try to help young married couples that, in fact, I, I still remember that one of the first emails we got, we received years ago was from uh, 
a young man, it sounds so weird for me to say that, I'm so old, right? From a young man that says, you know what? My wife and I were headed down the same path that you guys were. Yeah. And because of hearing your story, we have totally changed the way on our approach to the way that we approach our finances and our lives. Yeah. And so we are not going to go down that path. I, I loved that and email. <laughs> that to me just, we, I remember we, at the time we were going through a lot of difficulties as far as our business. We were like trying to struggle with it. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And that, that resonated with us. And it really made us think this is the why of why we're doing it is yes. to help others. Yes. And so I want to try to maybe just throw this out there. Making an excuse to experience life before children. Yes. So that was, a, and I think that was another one of the things that was for us as well, because we, we held on to the hope that we were going to be parents. Mm-hmm. And then we thought, well, if we're going to be parents, you know, we're going to numb our pain while trying to do as much as we can before having kids. As if, you know, kids because are... Because you never travel, ever, <laughs> yeah. after you have kids. And life is just like, you know, life changes. You can't do anything and you have no freedom when you have children. And so I think that that is a misconception. And um, if you're going into debt... I mean, I don't necessarily think that it's a bad thing to go on a vacation or two before having kids, but it's a bad thing if you can't afford it. <laughs> well, I, I think there's, I think that's a really huge key, right? Yeah. Is, you know, we have our goals. We have our, this is where we want to be in so many years, of mm-hmm. course. Um, this is what, what we're preparing for. And if we have a goal, you know, next year at this time, if we still haven't had children, I'd really love to save up and be able to go on this trip yeah. and to be responsible with our finances, not to turn around and put it on as many credit cards as we have, yeah. but to be able to actually plan ahead yeah. and yeah. to prepare for that. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I don't think as long as you're planning ahead, it's fine. But if the reason why you're getting into debt is because you're mm. trying to experience life before having children, then that's the wrong reason to be doing it. Okay. I, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So, um, and, and the same thing I think goes for buying stuff, you know, <laughs> you can also be, we need to buy these items before we have children or furnish our home before we have, ch- I mean, it's not just travel. It's anything, right? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what, what are some other ones in this list that we should talk about? Do you think? I think just two things, 21 and 22, okay. which was, uh, not checking your, checkbook or monitoring Mm. your spending and never checking your credit card statements that alone like if you are regularly sitting down and balancing your checkbook checking your credit card statements that alone does something to you mentally that goes wait whoa 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 what a minute what are we doing here you know because on a day-to-day basis it's so easy to spend you know a few dollars here and five dollars there and you know ten dollars for lunch here and you know you think oh a dollar spending here is not going to hurt anything you do that multiple times a day, multiple times a week, and you have made a huge hit into your budget. Well, I remember when we were going into, uh, you know, going into so much debt, how you get a new credit card and we would just start spending. We wouldn't be checking in. And then maybe five or six weeks later, we'd get that bill and say, wait a second, how do we build up $2,000 in this yeah. amount of time? Yeah. And you look at the expenses. We didn't see anything that was huge. We didn't see any large uh, items that said that this is the reason why you got into that much debt. Yeah. But it was just a bunch of little things that yeah. added up over eating, time. Eating out for us was a big one. It we was. Both, we both had, um, quote unquote, professional nine to five jobs, just being too tired to make food at home and making too many easy excuses. And so we went out to eat a lot, but we weren't eating at, you know, 
McDonald's, <laughs> but even then will break your budget very quickly. It will. Because even a healthy meal at home, we've, we've talked about this in, on Facebook Lives and in different blog posts, a healthy meal at home is half the cost than eating at McDonald's. Um, and so, but we weren't eating even at McDonald's. We were having those nice sit down dinners almost every night, um, you know, just to eat <laughs> and those add up very quick for just two people. So it's all those things that just add up. Yes. You know, and I think that this might be part of our 2% tip that we'll be looking at here in a minute. Okay. But you know, one of the actions is the idea of the daily stand up meeting, mm, Yep. you know, and I won't go into too much of this. I'm a software engineer by trade. But we have something called a daily stand-up. You get together and you quickly ask three questions. What did I do yesterday? What am I going to do today? And what obstacles do we have to get through through that and to, to accomplish your goals, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that this is, we really carried this into our family. Mm -hmm. We carried this into our ideas of our spending. And we would get together as a family, and we still do today. Yes. We say, you know, and we actually do it at the end of the day. So we actually ask it a little bit slightly different way. We say, what did we spend today? Yeah. And it helps us go through and understand here are the different expenses. Um, you know, it also keeps us accountable because maybe someone else in the family says, now, did you really have to go out to eat with your coworkers on this day? Right. Or did you really have to maybe get that extra uh, appetizer or something like that? Sure. It lets you be able to have that conversation. And then be able to say, what are we going to do tomorrow? And then what obstacles do we have? An obstacle could be, you know, maybe we have an expense coming up for a child that has, uh, they have a membership fee or something like that. And all of a sudden we've, we've just learned that that really does, um, it really does set the stage for more responsible and more controlled spending. It right? does. It does. Absolutely. So just having, it only takes two, three, four, five minutes. Right. And and to balance the budget. I mean, if you're having a spending problem, we recommend um, just having a quick check-in every night. And then as you, you know, get more aware of your spending and getting it more under control, you know, you can balance once a week or whatever. But I would start off with once a night. Um, it only takes a few minutes. And that really gets you on track. And when you start monitoring your spending that closely and the whole family's involved, it really changes your mindset about spending, even spending on the little things. That's so, right. So, okay. all right. And I, and I think going into never checking mm -hmm. our credit card statements, you know, that was the, the surprise gotchas. Yeah. yeah. Where did this expense come from? Yes. Right. Yes. How did, how did this company charge us this fee? Why did they charge us this fee? Yes. Because there are so many fees out there that people get charged that if you went back and you questioned it, uh, maybe you weren't even supposed to be charged that in the first place. Right, right. So you could go back and you could actually get that reversed. So not only reduce your spending, but, you know, get some charges reversed that shouldn't have happened in the first place. Yeah. Or at least be aware of monthly charges and those kinds of things <clears throat> to reduce that. So, okay. So we're getting, 30 minutes goes by really quick. It okay. It goes by so fast. So I think that we should talk about um, at least medical debt. Okay. And, um... And then also let's talk about in the cases of, of losing income, either temporary loss of job or going from two incomes down to one. And just some real quick tips on that. That's a whole topic that could be a whole show, but maybe just at least touch upon it. Tell you what, maybe that should be, you want to make that the 2% tip, the medical debt? Okay. You sure. You do that? Sure. All right. Sounds yes. good. So let's go ahead and start. Let's cover a loss of income real fast. Okay. Okay. So in the case of like a loss of income, you know, it totally makes sense that when you have a loss of income, it seems like the only thing that makes sense to do 
is to get loans, to spend on credit cards, all kinds of things. So this, I think, is a double-fold thing. Um, one, being prepared for it. Um, but two, in the midst of it, what can you do? Right. So obviously, I think one of the very first things you need to do is um, cut back on your credit card spending, not make it a time when you're picking up. You're going to have to stop the lifestyle that you have, period. Right. If you don't have it in savings and you are not prepared then you're going to have to cut back on the on the lifestyle. And it's not going to be an easy time. Um, and it's not going to be something that is going to be pleasant for anybody. But, you know, stopping the spending of any kind that you're doing. Um, like, we, we're not big advocates of doing that become debt-free because it's not sustainable. And it's not something that you can maintain for a long time. However, it's something that you can do for a temporary time. But, um, so obviously stopping that. One of way one ways to quickly boost that is what we call our penniless week, um, and we actually have these fun challenges on our website with our readers called a penniless week. No matter what your financial goals are, what you're doing, we even do them now um, mm -hmm. just to give us a boost in whatever goals we have, and that is literally not spending a penny for a week. Now there are a couple exceptions. One of them being gas in your vehicle to get to work. <laughs> Sorry, boss. I can't come to work today because I don't have any gas. Yes, yes. That wouldn't work. However, in the situation of a job loss, you know, that, that could be one where you might not need to, except if it's to do a side hustle or something. But we actually love our penniless weeks because it forces us to eat everything that we have in our house. Mm -hmm. um, and it's pretty crazy the kinds of creative meals you can come up with. And it, uh, doing a penniless week now was so much easier than when it was like 13 years ago because we can use the internet. We could use it then too. But there's so many more resources. Say I have this weird list of ingredients, you know, what do I do with this chicken and this Dijon mustard and whatever. And you can come up with a recipe really quick. And so it's a great way to get your house cleaned out, eat everything in your house. You might be eating frozen vegetables and not too many fresh things per se. But it's amazing what you can accomplish in a week. And it's a fun challenge for everybody. It's character building. But in that process of having a penniless week, you can save a massive amount of money. Or in the case of a job loss or temporary job loss, it will keep you from going into debt for as long as possible. Um, so we say penniless week. In the case of a job loss, try going a whole entire week without spending a penny. And then at that point, start adding in the necessary groceries and the bare minimum spending until you can build that, um, until you can find that job or build your income back up. Then in the process, the other thing that you can do are those side hustles. Oh, yeah. And bringing in extra income quick with a whole bunch of little mini tasks. This might be a time where the whole family gets involved, um, not just like the working spouse or spouses, but that everybody brings in some side hustles. And um, Well, we actually have a resource on our site, and I think we can share this in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you can find this on the thriftycouple.com slash 003, where... You know how to make a thousand dollars in thirty days. Yes, yes. And so that's a that's a place where you can go find out, get some ideas, and get some you know to not only help stop your spending, but also to be able to help make up some of that gap as well. For yes, that loss of income is right. Yes, as well too, right? So yeah, so on that on that sh on the show notes, we'll put in how to how to get the thousand dollars in thirty days, how to make that thousand dollars in thirty days. But in addition, we also have our page that shares. Uh, over 150 ways now of how to bring in extra income. And we'll put that there, the thefriftycouple.com yes. slash 100 income. Yes. And so it's over 100 ways to uh, be able to bring in extra income to give you ideas and help you brainstorm for your family about what may be a really great fit yes. for a side hustle. 
Yes. I mean, there's lots of ideas. There's even some really high paying ones that can produce income immediately and a little bit more extreme. And that thousand dollars goes from ideas that everyone can do that are really, really simple to a little bit more extreme ideas. Mm. So you'll have to look at that resource. And it just depends on what kind of situation you're in and how desperate you are, you know, can determine how many of those things that you do. So, you know, and we're, we're going to be talking about this at a different time. The 2% rule is not just, you know, not just where we talk about the gradual method we use to pay off debt, yeah. but that's part of a big, huge hole. Yeah. You know, we talk uh, one hole of, you know, financial freedom, uh, being able to be stable. And we talk about, you know, developing your emergency fund. And we talk about our unique approach to that. We talk about paying off the debt. But then we talk about other aspects, too. You know, building up three to six months of income. Yes. Uh, those kinds of things. And where I, why I want to address this is because, you know, we said we want to look at these reasons and say, what can we do? So that way in the future, if we have a temporary loss of income or something like that, what could we do? Well, if you start, if you get to a point after you paid, paid off your debt, mm-hmm. and I know that we're not all at that point, but once you get to that point, uh, you know, one of the, you know, you look at your mortgage steps and everything else, you build up that three to six months of income that's going to help you so much as well. So when you have that temporary loss of income or your permanent loss of income, it can get you through that hard time up until where you can, you know, regain employment. Right. Right. And so, so, yeah, it's definitely a two part where what can, if you, if it's already happened and you're not prepared for it, you know, you could take those tips um, and we'll put them in the show notes, including the penniless week challenge and how that works. Um, But then it's also being prepared um, for the future in case that does happen. So it's a very real, rea- real reality for a lot of people. All right. So let's go ahead and discuss medical debt. Yes. Medical debt. That is a really big reason why people get into debt and it's very unfortunate mm-hmm. and, you know, and it, it can't be something that you necessarily plan for, um, especially the really high <laughs> expensive medical debts. And then, and some of our debt was medical debt, but it was only a small portion of it. Right. And that really came in the form of, we started paying off our debt when I was expecting our first child. And so when she was born, it ended up being via emergency C-section. We did have insurance, but there was um, that medical, you know, quite a bit of money that we did not have um, that added to our debt load. And so there's actually a number of things that you can do with medical debt. Um, so should we make this the 2% tip? Let's go ahead and make this the okay. 2% tips. So we are going to look at this as the 2% tip. Every week we try to look at a tip, whether it be to reduce your income by 2% or a tip to help you to increase your income by 2%. And, you know, we've gone back and forth. And so we're back to dropping that budget. Yes. And so let's look in, let's look at some very specific tips on how to attack your medical debt. Yes, medical debt. So there's actually a few things that you can do. Um, And I think one of the very first things that you should do is you should always ask for an itemized bill that shows absolutely every expense. If you've ever spent any time in a hospital or a clinic, they put this band on you and then they scan it. Every time that they're- Cha-ching, that was 10 bucks right there. Yeah, exactly. Every time they get you a box of tissues, they scan it, you know, whatever. And so going through your itemized bill and seeing all of the charges that they made against you and disputing any that you do not believe are fairly billed that you did not remember receiving, any of those things, disputing those itemized items, because you literally get charged a nickel and dimed for everything. And I remember... 
Well, I was going to say, let's give a specific yeah. example. Yeah. I remember when you were in the hospital having one of our children. Yes. Uh, we went back over the bill and yes. we saw a medicine or a pharmacy charge. Yes. Well, I remember the situation specifically because I, I think it was my fourth child um, and the hospital policies had changed. And I take thyroid medicine. I have a really terrible thyroid that I probably inherited. Um, and so I take thyroid medicine. And the hospital policy had changed, and they would not let you bring in your own medicine. So if you had a regular prescription that you were taking, you had to get it from their pharmacy. Now, my medicine, even the, the generic without insurance, is like 30 bucks a month. Um, it's a cheap medicine. And... Um, they wouldn't let me, Alex had brought it in my bag. They wouldn't let me take it. They said that they had to get it from their pharmacy. And um, I was in the hospital for uh, four days because it was an emergency C-section. And um, we got our bill and there was a few things we disputed. But one of those things was my thyroid medicine um, because they charged me for one pill the same amount I pay for an entire month's worth of medicine. I mean, it was ridiculous. And so we disputed all of those um, individual pills for my regular medicine um, that I was forced to take while I was there. And um, so we disputed that. And it was very easy to do. And we should probably go into depth more about this in the future. That'd be a so good episode, wouldn't it? would it? be a good episode. There's so many things around medical debt that you can do. Um, but yeah, so going through that itemized list and disputing things. So there's a number of things we disputed, but I specifically remember the medicine because I was just like, come on, I had it right there. <laughs> and you forced me to do this. And so that was a really easy thing. And I mean, that that knocked off close to $100 off of our bill um, just right there. And then also negotiating um, in general, just telling them, you know, this is my situation I'm, I I cannot afford this. They're really, most places will negotiate. Well, you know, the funny thing is there's, you know, some of these tips apply to so many situations. Yeah. But when you call in and you are angry and you are on a yes. war path and you are ready to say, I am so mad about this debt. I'm going to do what I can to get this dropped right now. <laughs> You're going to find a lot of resistance. You are. And it, it's not going to be, it's not going to go well. So that is actually, I think, a really good point. When you are negotiating anything, whether medical debt, even your credit card balances, approaching it with as much kindness and grace as Put on possible. Put a huge smile. Put on a huge smile and be very kind and very gracious because they don't have to negotiate. They don't have to lower anything. They don't have to do any of those things. Um, and so the nicer that you are. The, more, the further ahead you will be. Well, I think, too, helping separate the person from the institution. Yes, Because yes. I think if you say, you know, hey, I know that, you know, you're trying to do the best you can. I know you're trying to uh, do what you can do. And trying to say that the hospital is doing this or whatever else yeah. instead of instead attacking of you the person. Doing it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I think it really just sets the stage because there is a lot of flexibility there that is. they can do, right? There is a lot of flexibility, but they'll only do it, you know, under certain things. And one of those things is you being as kind as possible and, you know, just swallowing your pride and just being the nicest person that you can be. Um, and that that has dramatically helped um, in negotiations. You know, and part of that negotiation too, and I, I know this everyone's at different places, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's some people that don't have anything that they can throw towards something. Someone yeah. else says, says, maybe I have a thousand dollars that we can put down towards this right now. Yeah. Would you recommend uh, trying to use that as part of the negotiations? 
Definitely. And that's actually one great place to drop your medical bills is trying to negotiate in general. But if you have cash that you can say, hey, you know, you have a bill that's, let's say, you know, fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars and you call and say, I have, you know, a thousand dollars or eight hundred dollars that I can give you right now if we can pay this off in full, being as kind as possible and working through them with that negotiation, um, then you can make some really good progress there. They, they would rather take they would rather get half or 60% of the bill in cash right then than have a long drawn out battle, having to send monthly statements and paying their staff to collect on that. It's, it's going to be worth it to them. And medical write-offs are very, very common. Well, so. you know, something I was going to share too, because we mentioned I had surgery earlier in this uh, podcast episode. You know, something I'm planning on doing is right after I see that the insurance has been hit, and, you know, we've, we've saved up with our HSA, we've saved up other places, so we can just go ahead and pay that off. But being able to call them and say, you know what, before I even receive the first bill, yeah, I just want to, I want to talk to you and say, if I were to pay this in full, if someone could, mm-hmm. and I know that's not a possibility in most situations, sure. but if I could even start making this bulk payment and making payments on this now, before you even reach out to me the first time, yeah. can you take 20% off? Can yeah. you take such a percent off? What can you do? Yeah. That we found in the last few times we've dealt with, you know, different hospitals and, and uh, clinics that very very often, I would say more than 50%, more than 70% of yeah. the time, it's very they'll common. be very willing to say, you know what, we'll take off a certain percent because yeah. we know that we see that you're being very proactive here. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, we could have a whole podcast dedicated to this. Um, oh, that's and so right. we should oh, wow. dive into this because we're way over. We are way over. <laughs> so watch for a medical debt one. And we're going to go into a lot more aspects of it, I think, in the future, because I think that's a really big one. It's an unfortunate circumstance. You know, it was, it was one of the top ones that was listed on our yeah. polls. So we yeah. And you feel helpless. You feel right. helpless getting into medical debt. Right. So, okay. Well, anyway, well, we just want to say thank you again. Uh, we, again, have a Greatly appreciated all the awesome encouragement, all the feedback. We appreciate the comments we're starting to see come in as well. But the best thing you can do is going out to iTunes. And if this has been a blessing and if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, we'd love to have you go out and just leave a favorable review and say, hey, we really appreciate this because that will help get this in front of more people. And our goal is to try to help as many people as we can to help them, give them the hope and the encouragement because there really is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. And we know because we've been there, we've been there and we haven't seen it and we were able to dig our way out and we want to help as many people as we can be able to find that light for themselves. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. And, um, we look forward to meeting with you on episode zero, zero four. They will be looking at next week. Yes. Yes. So thank you again. And, uh, Hey, uh, we again, we appreciate you guys, and you guys are the real reasons why we do this. Yes. All right, thank you guys. Bye. Bye.